last year around December time, the Lord spoke to me and said clearly, in 2023, it's going to be an exceptional year. And I kept that word I shared with my children, so everyone that see me, daddy, it's going to be an exceptional year. And I believe it's going to be. It's going to blow our minds. I truly believe so. We ended up 2022 for many of us, not so good, but we have now entered a new season. And a new season always brings new resolutions. You know, for some of them, they want to lose weight. Others want to learn a new skill. Some thinking about spending more time with family when they can. Some thinking about traveling or moving, start a new hobby. I said to my children, by the time we reach the end of the year, I'm going to turn this one-two pack into a six-pack. They laugh at me. They truly laugh at me. But that is one of my resolutions this year. You're getting older, and it's going to be bigger on that side. So I've got to watch myself. And they're going to see me trying to go to the gym and try all those things to reach that legendary six-pack now. Because when you reach that age, it's like a legendary, you know. I look at the young one, they just do this, pew. but for us, we have to work harder and harder and harder to get there. But you know what? Beside the six-pack that I want to get at the end of this year, one of my great resolutions is spending more time with God, praying more, fasting more. And I believe this year is going to be an exceptional year. And... Uh, as I was preparing for the word this morning, I had a vision. And in his vision, I saw a book. It was an empty book. The pages, there was nothing on the book. And as I began to look into the book a bit more, I began to see writing appearing on the book. And then pictures. And asked the Lord the meaning of it. And I heard the voice saying to me, see, I am doing a completely new thing in your life. And I believe this is what God is going to do with us this year. Something new. Something that we never experienced before. Three words I heard. Birth, positioning, and obedience. And if I got time, I'm going to try to share those words, what it means in terms of the vision that I had, in terms of the word, in terms of the Holy Spirit speaking to me about that exceptional year that we're going to experience. And if the Lord permits, I will allow him to share a word to each one of us. I believe that through the years, the Lord has been preparing the ground for what is to come. And I keep saying this, and I keep repeating myself. We are going to experience tremendous change. If we look at the world around us, a lot of changes happened over the last years. Now, there's no a child and a young adult and a teenager, and I just not mention the word COVID-19 and, and, and all things that's been going through over the last few years. The world has changed, and the world keeps changing. But as the world's changing, God is changing us as well. We are going through 
changes. And the interesting thing, because he's doing something unique in our lives, he has to prepare the ground before. And it reminds me this uh, this element as for parents, when we're about to welcome a child, there's a lot of preparation that go before. You know, some of us decided, you know what, we want to move house. I remember when Julien was, Marcia was pregnant with Julien, and we're living in a flat, we decided that we needed space. So we decided to move out. We decided to move to Kent. We're based in London. So we moved to Kent to offer our child the best possible start that we could. So when you prepare for the birth of your child, if he's not changing his home, he's preparing the room. So I see people painting the bedroom, the nursery, getting the right bed or the right cuts. And sometimes people arguing. I want this color. No, I want this one. No, I like this one. It's, 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 you know, it's better. But there's a, a lot of preparation that's taking place before a child is born. I remember when we had our Alexander, we realized that uh, the car that we had was a bit small. So I went on a, on a bit of a wrong thing. And I, and I mentioned that many times when I, I wanted this Volvo XC90. And my wife wasn't having it. But I was very mature in those days. It's my way or no way at all. That's the way I used to think back in the days. Thanks a lot for his mercy and grace upon me. I changed. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, a lot of preparation take place in nursing. So we're talking about moving home, talking about baby gears, you know. Are we going formula or is it breastfed? Which type of, um, um, I can't even know the name. No, I'm 50. I forgot. I haven't had a child for 20 years. So nearly uh, 10 years, I would say. No, so I forgot. Bottle. Here we go. But there's a lot, a lot of preparation. And it's interesting that when we look in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, everybody's talking about God's creation. But what he put in place is the environment before creating Adam. We didn't see in Genesis chapter 1, God created man. If we look, turn to chapter Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, 10, 12, 18, 21, 25, if possibly, we see God working for six days. To create the perfect environment for Adam. He started with the light. Then he moved on to everything around. The environment is so important to God. When before a breakthrough comes, he wants to make sure that everything around is perfect. One of the things when I was reading Genesis chapter 1... And I'm going to read it. We can put it on the screen. Sorry about that. I'm sure those online can see it. In chapter 1, verse 4, he says this. And I read it. God divided the light from the darkness. God divided the light from the darkness. He created a separation between the light and the darkness. Everything that God does during this creation was for Adam. He wanted to make sure that there was a separation. Adam, we knew day and light. In verse 10, he says this. Start from verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. 
and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the water he called seas, and God saw it was good. I love that. God saw it was good. You know, when we finish this nursery home, we look our our craft, and the, the nursery is ready. We look in there, and we're thinking, yeah, this is a good room for a baby. This is a good place for a baby. This is a good home for a baby. This is a good casket, very strong casket for a baby. Everything that God does, did it at the time for Adam and Eve. In verse 10, 11, 12, it says this. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the earth that heals seed, and the fruit tree that heals fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that heals seeds, according to its kind, and the tree that heals fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Every time God finished the day with his creation, he looked at it and he said it was good. And I can even imagine God saying, Adam's going to love it. He's really going to love those trees that I made. He's going to love this animal. He's going to love the sea. He's going to love the grass. Verse 18, he goes on to say this. And to rule, starting sorry, from verse 16. Then God made two great light, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made it the star also. God set them in a firmament of the heaven to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw he was good. Verse 21 or 20. Then God said, let the water abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament and the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the water abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. In verse 31, to change, when he created everything on the sixth day, he didn't say it was good, he said it was very good. He was very happy with his creation, and he was now ready to welcome Adam. It's going to be an exceptional year. But in order for it to be an exceptional year, God has to create the environment for it. It has to create a situation. It has to make sure that the ground is ready. And you know what? Sometimes it can be a painful process for us. I've experienced this, and I'm still experiencing it today. It can be a painful process. Now, in Genesis, Adam didn't experience this. He just arrived and everything was there and he was happy. You know? And sometimes that's like that. When you're going to experience an exceptional year, everything is put in place in such a way that you don't even realize it. And you just arrive and it's so in your hands. But sometimes it doesn't. There are times where things are painful. You know? Somebody said, and I always love, when it rains, it pours. But when it pours, things can grow. And that's the truth. That's the truth. 
And it's interesting that when you look at the season, things change now. But back in the days, you were able to recognize winter, summer, spring, and often. And during the spring, what's happening during the spring? It rains a lot, a lot of rain. Why? Because the ground needs rain for the seed to come out. And sometimes when we're going through the season, we are going through a season of ultimate pouring upon the ground. And it's painful. It's painful. Psalm 35 says this. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If you hold on to God's promises, you will see the breakthrough. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you hold on to the promises, you will see it. I remember when I, um, when I used to work in London in a certain place and those who work in London, the London Bridge, you walk through the London Bridge, and I, I want to take my bus, the bus 47, you know, at the bottom of London Bridge on uh, Tudor Street. You can't see the bus coming. So you wait at the, st- the, the bus stop. In those days, there were no any indication when the bus coming. You just wait. And you know that expression, no bus coming, then free come at the same time. So you wait. You can't see the bus coming in the corner. You wait for 20 minutes. You wait for 30 minutes. The bus not coming. And then you decide to walk. And as you walk, you can see that bus passing through you. Sometimes that's what it is. We spread through. Sometimes we are impatient to wait. God has spoken a word to us. And we are not ready to wait. And sometimes we just need to wait a little bit longer. I miss two measure breakthrough because I've been impatient. But God is telling us, this year is going to be an exceptional year. Wait for it. We are very near. Some of the challenges that we experience, I mentioned some of them here, but there's so many others. Remember this. God is preparing the ground. You know, i always afraid to hear prophets give me a word. Because I always know that as soon as I give the word, I'm going to be under attack. You know, sometimes I used to think that the prophet come and give the word. You get very excited. This is a great word. In the next few years, everything that is spoken is the opposite. You get resistance. Now, more resistance. And it's tough. But it's build your character. Your faith level increases as you hold on. As you trust God, your faith increases. So what are some of the challenges that we experience? Resistance, I mentioned it. You know, the resistance will increase. As you get closer, there's more resistance. And it's quite interesting that, again, I go back to the birth of a baby. When a mother is about to give birth, there's a lot of resistance. She has to push. She just doesn't sit here and the baby just come out. She really has to push hard. I was blessed enough to see the birth of my three children, but I saw the pain that my wife went through during those moments of waiting for the baby to come. It is not an easy task. Listen, ladies, I salute you because that is not easy. It is not easy. But they have to push it. They have to push in order for that birth to come through. There is no way that you can't push it. The baby is not coming out. That's not the baby's role to push. It's the mother's role to push. 
when God says something, sometimes everything is contrary to what God has promised you. You are being pushed to the limits. Have you had this impression that you're waiting for this breakthrough to come and you can't hear God speaking? To God seems to be silent. You wonder, where is he? But then if you don't know the scripture, say, I will never leave you, never forsake you. Then you will think that God has abandoned you in his distress. What about the enemy? Plotting seed in your mind. Discouragements. How many people have been discouraged by things? Waiting for that breakthrough to come and not seeing the fruit of it. And you get very discouraged. I love this one. Distractions. You get very distracted. You know, you, you hear the word and you're focused and you get your scripture in and, and you, you prepare for that word. And a month later, month, years later, something comes on the line and you forget about it. You forget about God's plan in your life. Or maybe God told you to wait for an opportunity and you see an opportunity coming in and you sweep it in without even asking, is that the one that you asked me to wait for or not? That can happen. Unexpected challenges. You lose your job, for example. In the middle of everything, you lose everything. Those things happen. You lose a family member. Those things happen. Those are common part of life. It happens. How do you deal with it? When God has promised you the moon, I say like that. But when he's promised you everything, and then you lose everything. I'm going to pretend I haven't seen anything. That's going to be <laughs> But yeah. Unexpected challenges. You see, I said to wait. And I said to trust God, Chanel. Continue to trust him. Continue to trust him. Yeah, continue to trust him. Wait. You know, you saw this vision, I saw this vision, it will come to pass. And I know you can be discouraged at times. But remember, he has spoken. And because he has spoken, it will come to pass. And you've got to hold on to that word. Even when people say things to you, you say, that's not going to happen. I tell you, it will happen. You just have to trust it. You have to believe it. And you have to hold on to that word. The other thing that happens as well when we are waiting during those breakthrough is the renewing of our spirit. I found out that as we go along, I begin to humble myself. I begin to listen to what God has shown me. The reason why it's taking longer is not because I've done necessarily something wrong. It's because he needs to test my faith level. Where he's taking me, I need a lot of faith. And I need to make sure that whatever he's giving me comes from God. You know, sometimes you get those breakthrough, and people will go and in the open, they will say, praise God. But inside, they will say, I did it my way. People will say that. It is very easy when you're very highly educated that you will rely on your intellect a lot more when the breakthrough comes in than God's giving you the breakthrough. So sometimes God wants to make sure that you know where the source comes. Do you know where the power comes from? So for those that I believe that God is going to bless you financially and you seem to be struggling financially at the moment, there is a reason for it. 
The ground has to be ready. You see those uh, millionaires are winning the lottery and they get it very excited and you hear what they want to do with it and some of them, five, six, seven on the line, they blow everything. They were not ready for it. There's a lot of pressure come with a lot of money. If you were given today 10 million right now, what would you do with it? Everybody's smiling. Yes, I want it. Of course we do. Who wouldn't want 10 million right now? Of course we want. But the question is, which one of us is ready to handle this? <laughs> the pressure of the money. The pressure of just knowing that you don't have to rely on God anymore because you've got a 10 million in your bank. You can buy whatever you want. You know, you can go and bless the church, get us a new building in Medway, you know. And then your pride is rising up. I did it, you know. I gave the money to the church. I'm the main man. And that happened. Your minds get changed. But God wants to make sure that your mind, your spirit, everything is humble. And that is very important. So we're humble for repentance. We also have a renewed passion to study God's word. That's what happened during those moments of, of difficulty, those moments when you wait on the Lord for the breakthrough. I spoke about mind be transformed and renewed. What about prayer? You seem to be spending a lot more time in prayer in those days. You pray a lot. You seek God's face. He just wants his will. God wants to take us to a position where we understand what we're going through at the moment before he releases what he's going to release. But this year is going to be an exceptional year. And I'm not only talking about finances. I'm talking about breakthrough in your relationship with God. Some of us are going to experience real encounter. The type of encounter Moses had in those days. I think about Moses and say, this guy was blessed. The burning bush, the departing of the sea. He went to the mountain twice, brought the tablets down. I mean, what can you ask? This is a guy that just really was in the presence of God most of the time. I would just only dream to have one proper encounter with him. I mean, I'm thinking, you guys, have you been to Israel? Any one of you? No, the sea, the Red Sea that we are talking about, we're not talking about a little lake when you actually departed. This is huge. It's like an ocean. Put his rod here. Sit down and see God do his work. I, I, for me, I find it mind-blowing. But he was in the presence. And some of us are going to experience a real encounter with him. When we get this breakthrough, something happened. I mentioned the, the second one, which is positioning. I believe the Lord is positioning us for this breakthrough. But I also believe that when we get the breakthrough... We are moving from one position to another position. Let's give you an example. If, for example, we finish the service and, and you go home and tomorrow and you look at your bank account and you go five million here. And I'm serious, just sitting there, just operating in your bank account. Your position is automatically changed. Because in a worldview, you are not becoming a millionaire. Because as far as you're concerned, you are five million. You are not a millionaire. So your position from where you were yesterday to where you will be tomorrow has changed. But there's a reason for it. 
There's a reason for it. Exodus 7.1 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I've made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Now, looking back at Moses' situation, he was raised, you know, with the Egyptian. Then he has to run for his life for killing an Egyptian. Then, as he came back, he was wandering in this land and then came back into Egypt. And God said, I made you like a god in Pharaoh's eyes. He changed his position. As he got his breakthrough with God, God sent him back to Egypt with a rod. And he was, for in Pharaoh's eyes, he was responsible for the plagues that hit Egypt. Everything that happened to Egypt, as far as Pharaoh looked at Moses, that was his. That was his doing. But there was a reason why God was putting him in his position. The reason was that God could use Moses to free the Jews from the Egyptian. But he has to do it in a certain way. And sometimes God will use you, put you in a position of power, of influence, so you can affect the society around you. I love the story of um, Joseph. Joseph's story is an amazing story of, of a young man who had a vision, had a dream about what God was going to do. He may not have completely understood it, how God was going to do it, but he had a vision of what God was going to do. And um, like I said, for many of us, you hear a word, you expect God to act straight away. But it took years. It took years for Joseph. He went from the pit to be the prime minister. From the time his brother took him, put him in a pit to die there, to the time when he became a prime minister and ruling Egypt and ruling everyone around. The position was changed. And because of his position as a prime minister of Egypt, which Egypt was a superpower in those days, he was able not only to save Israel and his brother and then everybody around, because he had authority, he had power, he had access to everything. The only person that was above Joseph was the Pharaoh himself. That was the only one. So he had the rulership over it. But it took years. We know the story. He went from the pits. Then he became a servant. Then from being a servant, he went to prison. And he spent about 15 years, around 15 years in prison, waiting for his breakthrough. But man, when the breakthrough came, what a breakthrough is that? What a breakthrough. And what I love by it is his character. He could have killed his brother. He had the power to do anything to his brother. But I believe those 15, 20 years of hardship allow him to ally his heart to the heart of God. And because of that, when his brother came, forgiveness. Forgiveness. That is powerful. And I think the positioning is in relationship to God also working in our heart. And that's what we are going to experience this year. For some of us, you're already on that journey. You already started. And you may think, am I doing the right thing? Let me tell you something. If God has spoken to you, regardless of what everybody is saying to you, you are doing the right thing. And the things that you do may be contrary to what people think or expect of you, but this is God's doing. 
this year, we are going to see things happening. People are going to do things and you're going to see. Huh? But as long as they trust God and they believe in God and follow him, they will see the fruit of it. It's talking about positioning and the greatest position that we can ever think of is Jesus. Jesus was tortured. He was humiliated. He was killed for a crime he hasn't committed. He went from a criminal to the king of kings. Three days. By the time he was on the cross... That position on the cross, his last words was this, found in Matthew 27, 46 and Mark 15, 34. It says this, it is finished. That word for me, when I used to read it, I never really to understand, what did he say that? What did he say? It is finished. He said it is finished because the work that has begun from the time Adam and Eve sinned, when God said that he would bring a savior to the point that Jesus was on the cross in that position, about to die, about to breathe his last breath. He said, it is finished. And then he goes on to say, Father, into my hand I commit my spirit. When he does that, he changed the position of every human being. Because of him, now we have access to heaven. Because of what is done on the cross, now we have access in heaven. We are reconciled with God. That is the greatest, greatest, greatest breakthrough of all time. It's the greatest. There's no greater breakthrough than this breakthrough. Jesus was born, raised as a normal human being. Even he was God in the flesh. He walked among men. He walked among us. Live, eat. Love, cried, suffered. He has to carry his own cross all the way to Golgotha. And listen, it was a hill. It was a hill to get there. And that cross was heavy, was heavy. Listen, we've got a dining table, which is quite heavy to carry. But I can't even imagine the weight of that cross he has to carry. And it's quite interesting, that cross represented as well the sacrifice, all the sin of every man. And he was carried on his back after being beaten, tortured. And he went and he said, it is finished. My job is done. From that moment, we all have access to heaven. Eternal life. Without him, without him, without his sacrifice, Without him be able to endure what he has to endure to get that breakthrough, none of us would experience anything like it today. I'd be wasting my time talking to you here this morning. We'd be wasting our time coming to church on Sunday. Having all this lovely thing is a waste of time. If it wasn't for Jesus doing what he did. God positioned Jesus in order for us to have eternal life. But Jesus still has to go through all the things to get there. I'm talking the physical pain, but what about the emotional pain? Separated from the father. Separated from his best friends. Having one of his best friends lying 
three times. Nobody wanted to know Jesus when he got arrested. Everybody was running away from him. He hated. He loved with those guys. He slept with those guys. He's done everything with those guys for three years. We see each other maybe once a week, twice a week, three times. 24 hours, 27. They were together. Spent time together. And then he knew what he has to endure. So much that when he was praying before, he was afraid. That's the first time I saw a sign of weakness in Jesus. When he's thinking, this is too much for me. And I think that's why they asked his friend to come and pray with him. Because he needed strength in those moments, in those times, when he knew what was coming. But he did it. For your sake, for my sake, he did it. Hmm. Positioning. God has positioned us already. But 2023 is going to put us in a place, in position, where we need to be aware of it. Yes, we will get the fruit, the breakthrough that comes with it. But it's more to it. There's more than the money, the house, the job. There's more than this. We need to influence the world. I'm seeing things very disturbing at the moment. Laws that have been passed on, very disturbing. Something that Master shared yesterday. And uh, I thought, where this world's going? We read uh, an article that in France, my beloved France, they are now passed a law which means that, in a, in a way, let me explain it. How can I explain it in a way that actually is not too much? Basically, there's a law that passed on that. Now, pedophile will be able to go free. The reason being is that simply because now, in terms of the illegality of certain age, people coming together at a certain age, has been removed. Which means that now, people can do whatever they want. So young children are not protected anymore. This is the world that we live in, guys. Very, very interesting laws that now be passed on. Every week we hear things have been passed on. And God needs people to be in position to stop that. He needs politicians. He needs politicians. You know, not everybody is called to preach on a pulpit. But we have called to preach out there. To show Christ out there. How many pastors do we need in church? How many prophets do we need in church? The Bible speaks that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. It's out there. Whatever we do, wherever we work, it's out there. You know? Out there. So the young ones, we need you everywhere. And don't make people think that because you want to be an NBA basketball player, this is nothing. This is a big thing. This is a big thing. Where's my man? Where is he? Where's Caleb? Come here. Come. (laughs) 
Listen. Let me tell you something. Don't let anyone tell you that what you're doing is not going to impact anything in the future. Wherever you go, whatever you do, remember that it's God that's directing you. You choose a path which is very different of the normal path that people will choose. Don't give up and don't be dismayed by what people will say to you. God has a great plan for you. God has a great plan for you. Believe me. You will get there. You will get there. And when you get there, remember, we'll put you there. Yeah? Amen. Do not let anyone tell you that whatever you're doing is not going to impact. Listen, you can be here preaching the word for 10,000 times and still end up in hell. I'm telling you, you can still end up in hell preaching the word and still end up in hell. I speak also to mothers who just want to raise their children. Don't let anyone tell you that this is a small job. This is a big job. It's probably one of the greatest jobs ever. I'm telling you. It took me a while to realize, but it's one of the greatest jobs ever. To raise a child, it is not easy. To raise one is not easy. Never mind two or three. Raising twins, hey, now, I salute you, madam. That is not easy. It is not easy. Fathers, it is not easy to mentor your children, especially when you see all the nonsense that's taking place all over the world. It is not easy. Believe me. So, whatever God's placed you today, whatever God asks you to do today, or whatever you believe God is placing you, just raise your hand towards him and ask him for direction, guidance, strength, wisdom. We need his wisdom. You know, I love, I love this guy, James. He said, if anyone need wisdom, let him ask for God giving liberally. But he's also said that ask him without doubting. So we need to ask for wisdom. Listen, I need wisdom. I need a lot of wisdom. Because I can be quite very emotional at times and very impulsive, which means sometimes I do things without thinking. And I need his wisdom. Why don't we raise to our feet? I want to, this morning, as we finish this, I want to pray for those who heard God speaking to them specifically about something that He wants them to do. I believe that the spirit of doubt has come to try to stop this to happen. And doubt can come in many ways. It can come from the inside, but it can also come from the outside. If it's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand because that happened to me as well. And I want to pray and ask the Lord to strengthen us in this time. I want us to ask the Lord to give us strength because we need strength and to block every thought to which is none of Him. Let's begin to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you would ask us to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Lord, we bring every thought that stopped us to move forward. Every thought that distracted us. Every thought that makes us think that we cannot do it. 
Lord, we're bringing it before you. We know that with our own strength, we cannot do it. But we know that through you, everything is possible. So, Father, we thank you this morning. I rebuke the spirit of doubt in the name of Jesus. And cause, Father, for your spirit of peace and joy to fill us, Lord. And, Lord, as we move forward to this exceptional year, those brethren that are coming, we pray and come against every scheme, every plan, every assignment of the enemy. Let, Father, your spirit dwell in us. Let us believe, Lord, that you are with us. As you will said, if you are with us, we can be against us. So, Father, we thank you this morning. As we bring, Father, every breakthrough this morning, every plan that you have for each one of us, and let us believe and repeat ourselves, it will be an exceptional year. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I leave quickly, the Lord asked me to say something. This year, begin to write the things that you want to see God do to you. And at the end of the year, have a look at it and see what he's done. In Jesus' name, amen.